Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan. And together with my co-host, Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. Welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am still going, Boyd Hilton. Um, broken arm, broken heart, uh, broken man. Like many, I think, Arsenal fans are feeling today, uh, the day after the night before. Josh, psychic, psychic Josh, is there with me, looking fresh-faced. And um, have you got had a haircut and a shave, Josh? Uh, haircut, shave... Very good. I've got a lamp right by where we're recording, so maybe that's also doing me some positives. But uh, yeah, but the bad news is is tier three. But we've got two guests with us who who managed to get to a game in this in this little period, so they can tell us all about how it actually yeah. was last night there and there. Yeah, we've got two legends, yes. um, two Arsenal supporting legends. Uh, we have Graham Goodkind, who is resplendent. We're, we're doing this via Zoom, and Graham is resplendent in a Mercy Arsene T-shirt. Um, commemorative of, the, of course, Arsene Wenger's last day in against charge. Burnley. Who obviously against Burnley, uh, which yeah, yeah. where we I believe we triumphed five five nil or five one five nil. Yeah, mm. those are the days. Um, welcome, Graham. Thank you. And we have Nick True, who has just turned round his Zoom camera to show us his uh, framed uh, framed photo, also relating to Arsene and Arsenal. Hi, Nick. Arsenal, Arsenal knows. Hi, hey, mate. How are you? I'm good. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'll say that. I'm not really. Um, great, great I, days they were. 
Great days, yeah, yeah. We're not going to get into that. I mean, I had we had a, <laughs> listeners will know who follow me on Twitter, me and Josh, and um, f- former regular of this show, Ben Winston, who is now one of the most successful human beings in the world, uh, working producing James Corden's show in LA. He tweeted uh, tweeted me yesterday saying, having a go at me for um, I saw it ever ever doubting Arsene Wenger, you know, in the in the latter years, and I defended myself by saying that you know I, I think you know I'm just getting this over with now that you know a portion of the blame for this what we're this the mire we're in has to go to the man who was in charge of the club for 20 years and didn't recognise his own decline and bought some of the players who have least served us well over the last few years, particularly Granite Xhaka. We'll get on to that, but I'm just explaining that that did happen. I'm not going to go into it now, but that happened. And we had a, a, a we had a, we had an exciting um, Twitter tete-a-tete, but we've got bigger fish to fry. And I'm going to open this podcast, Graham, by asking the simple question, why not get rid of Arteta right now? Like what's, what's the argument against getting rid of him right now? Uh, well, the argument is losing less and less of uh, credibility as things are stagnating. I don't think there is really a, an argument. I mean, for me, there is that classic definition with the definition of insanity is doing um, something over and over again, expecting a different result. And that's what we're doing. Um, and I'm not saying that uh, Mikel has gone insane, but certainly the strategy he's pursuing is insane. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think he lacks the expertise, perhaps, or the experience to find another way um, and to think of something else. And this is where all we said about, well, we've got a manager with no experience. I think perhaps this is this is where it's coming home to roost, is that he hasn't really got experience to get out of a, a situation which is getting shittier and shittier um, each week, really. Um, and, um, you know, uh, it would be very hard to defend him at the moment. I think he's a great man, will be a good coach. Um, maybe it's kind of right person, wrong time. Nick, what about you? Do you I think, think, I think, I think that's, yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment. For me, I've been saying this now for, sadly, uh, quite a long time, actually, probably at least two months, um, that, to me, what he does is he sets this team up to not lose. And because of that, he loses. And I think playing... Um, Sabayos play, uh, is our only player that plays a forward pass. And not starting with him yesterday, for me, it was like, well, then we lose. We're going to lose again. And, of course, we did. Um, it, it's, it's, it's peculiar. Because the sideways and passing stuff, which, you know, we're all just holding our heads and going, oh, please stop doing it. It is fine if the reason for that is to find the forward pass. And then when you find the forward pass, the reason to then is to get a shot on goal. That surely is the game of football, isn't it? And it seems that what we're doing is just passing the ball sideways and backwards for the sake of passing the ball. That seems to me the only tactics that, that we have, sadly, under uh, Mikel, who I think we all love with our with our hearts. And when, when, we, when he joined, I think we were all with him. But with our heads... Surely we know that this is not working and, you know, we've got a transfer window coming up. Um, we have to change it. In my view, we have to change it right now, today. We, we can't afford another game. Um, we can't afford to lose to Southampton at home and make that five losses in a row, mm-hmm. which would be a club record. Uh, four, so four, is, four is bad. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's yeah. the other really thing. Good f- so, sorry, I'm sorry. Other- I'm just going to say Southampton in really good form with... with um, with a certain player playing up front 
who uh, <laughs> might used to yearn to play up front, Theo Walcott for us, um, rather than be shoved on the ring. Wing, um, Graham, what are you going to say? Sorry. I, I just think the other thing as well, I mean, I, I saw Nick there at the game last night, and the thing that, that I thought last night, and being there is quite different. I mean, being there amongst 2,000 people was probably actually less than 2,000 people because there were quite a few empty seats, certainly where I, where I was, in, interestingly. But the thing I, I kind of, which you can't get from TV so much is, the Arsenal team was so quiet. The players had, you could see there was kind of no passion, no energy. I'm not saying they weren't trying because I think always players try, but it was, there was such a lack of energy, belief almost amongst the players. Like they were almost resigned um, to the situation. That was the thing that worried me most is, is, is yeah, Burnley players were, as you'd expect, you could hear them and, you know, you're right next to the pitch and it's, there's not a lot of people there and, and over the buzz of the irrigation system or the drainage system, you could hear the <laughs> Oh yeah, what shouting. was that? What the fuck was, it was that buzz? It was kind of a weird sort of like boomy buzz and it was quite weird but um i think it was the uh, the drainage system the eco drainage right. system i saw the explanation day but but our team was just lacking energy lacking that 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 sort of let's go out and get them let's all fall together one you know it, it, all this stuff about the arsenal family and stuff like that it was a bloody quiet family last yeah. night that was on the pitch I'd like to ditto that because unbelievably I was sitting right in front of you and, and now I'm talking to you and see it's quite, quite, quite bizarre. And it, it, being there and also I was in the lower tier row nine. So I was quite near the players. That's the lowest I think I've ever been at the Emirates. And I, I agree with, with, with Graham. You could see that the players were, were working hard because you could see they were fighting, they were working hard, they were kicking every, you know, kicking every single thing that they could. But that's not the point. It's not about the working hard. I think Arteta, yeah, that's what he does. It's about working hard. But there's no plan, is there? There's no purpose. I think that's the word. If you know, if we're thinking, mm. what is the wor- one word that defines what's going on? There is no purpose at all. None. Under Arsene we, we, Wenger, yeah. you, you knew what the purpose was. Even under Emery, you could see a purpose. It wasn't very good. Um, but this is there is no purpose, and sadly, see, that's the problem. Yeah. We could see a purpose when he first started, couldn't we? I, I felt like, I feel part of, I feel... Only the working so... hard a bit. Only the working hard a bit. Mm. Um, no, no, no other purpose. I didn't yeah, say anything else. Really? I saw an intensity. I thought, I mean, I guess that is another word for working hard. I saw a, I mean, he established, you know, the three at the back. He, he changed the system to three at the back, which worked against big teams and worked in the big games for us. And it, and... And it didn't seem to be just set up to not to lose, which I, I totally agree with your point about that. But he did, he did, I thought, establish a structure within which we played quite effectively against the big teams. And that was, you know, I think we can forget, it's easy to forget that there was a period where I think we were all feeling, well, I, I, everyone we had on, the, on this podcast, and definitely myself, <laughs> I felt very optimistic about him because I thought he'd actually kind of snapped this team into some kind of shape, literally a shape, even, even including the Xhaka, the Xhaka's of this world who, you know, was acceptable in the early days, in the earlier days of, um, of the man of Arteta's reign. And even, even, you know, at the end of last season, beginning of this season, I do feel it's gone horribly grotesquely wrong. And it's almost, I mean, it's almost mystifying to me just how wrong it's, it's got, and we've got to the point where now we're, we're playing football. We're making playing football look so difficult and torturous. It's really painful to watch, isn't it? So, Josh, both of our guests think we should get rid of the manager now. What do you think? Uh, I'm not with them. Uh, I'm actually not quite with them. Yeah, I, I don't think. Um, 
I don't, I don't, I don't see. I just think that the players have let him down massively. I'm not convinced that it would suddenly all, all turn around. I, I just think, you know, we're talking about Southampton, aren't we, uh, coming to, to Emirates? And the idea of losing five home league games in a row is, is just astonishing. I think it, the four was not since 1959, and five will quite possibly become six with Chelsea and a horrible away game at Everton in between them. So however bleak we, we feel now could be a lot worse in, in three games' time. And I, I, I do accept that. Um, but look, we talk about Southampton. It was barely a year ago since they got thumped 9-0. And the, the pressure on their manager, Hasuto at the time, was extraordinary. Like, he, how can you survive this? Where does it go wrong? And, and where they are now is, you know, incredible turnaround. I just think I, 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 this will sound perverse, but was was last night of the losses the best one? Because at 55 minutes, I've got to be honest, it was it wasn't great, but I did not see us losing that game. And it took a moment of madness from a player that has frustrated the hell out of us for, for a long time now, and possibly too long. And is this the final straw? But I felt we were going to go and win that game at 55 minutes. I don't know, boy, did you not? Um, I felt that certainly the, the the first 10, 15 minutes, the second half, we, we were, we, we looked good. We looked decent, decent. I mean, not great, but at least we, we were piling on some kind of pressure and yes, compared to the, the absolutely typical first half, which was the same way we've been playing for the last, you know, few months, unbelievably difficult and torturous to watch. We did managed to step up, step it up a little bit in the first 10, 15 minutes. And then Xhaka did, I, I do think, I don't think we definitely wouldn't have lost that game without Xhaka sending off. I'm not hundred percent convinced we would have won it because we were managing somehow to not create many really good chances and certainly were managing to not score even during that period. I mean, we didn't score in the golden period of the, of the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. And when that happens, Often you end up not scoring, and it ends up, and, and, the, and the opposition team nicks the goal. But the, the Xhaka sending off was absolutely, uh, for me, what led to the defeat. And I think different to the Pepe sending off of a few weeks ago, which I think that felt less direct. But I think this goes back to what um, I think Graham and maybe Nick said, which is that Arteta picked Xhaka. He picked him, and I tweeted, you know, when the, when the team was announced. You know, I was like, really? You're really, you're sticking with Xhaka and William, particularly Xhaka, who I thought was absolutely terrible against Spurs and has been terrible for quite a few weeks now. And he had the chance to play Ceballos and El Nenny, who worked together quite well, I seem to remember, played together a few times. And instead, he picked the world's worst double pivot in midfield of El Nenny and Xhaka. And Xhaka did what he did. And I think if you if you and that's what and he could be the the ending that decision could be the ending of, but of Arteta can I, can because I, I think it was this? so stupid. Yes, Nick, go on. I think just, just to quickly finish my point. Just, yeah, it was so stupid of it and bizarre to stick with Xhaka and and in, to a lesser extent William because William infuriates me more than most Arsenal players. But I think it's it's the whole the whole philosophy the 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 mental philosophy that's supposed to be happening with Arteta that he keeps banging on about and like almost like the PR of his reign has been establishing a culture where there are consequences. So people like you know people like Ozil and Gwendouzi etc have been banished because of presumably their attitude, and yet Xhaka and William, who have the worst attitude, are picked week in, week out. And when when they play terribly, there are no consequences. And I think that's mm. what is particularly 
awful about what happened yesterday. But what were you going to say? Well, well, this is a thing that's frustrating me uh, more than anything else about Arteta, is he speaks fabulously. I love what he says. Um, all of that's wonderful, but what he's actually doing is the problem, not, not what he's saying. And to let Guendouzi and Torreira, by the way, because we're forgetting about him, and Ozil um, not be in that squad, and then start yesterday with Shaka and Elneny in the middle, when you had Sabayos on the bench, it's just yeah, absolutely I agree. extraordinary. I agree. So they're just sideways passing the whole time and backwards, of course. Hardly any forward balls. Because, again, I was quite close yesterday. So when Sabayos came on, I was watching every single ball he played was forwards. Every single one. But, you know, yeah. we'd lost and, the and game. And some right of them... Then. Some of them didn't, some of those passes went astray, but you'd rather okay. instantly, well, exactly. yeah, absolutely, that he gives it a go than the constant interruption. I mean, in the first half, William, William, William had some decent, got some decent chances, he created some decent chances, I'll give him that. But in the first half, he was absolutely indicative. He stopped, I counted, three decent attacks by misplacing the ball. His statistics on crossing, like his number of crosses, he's like, like loads of them. I think about three or four were in quotes successful. You know, who's he crossing? Any who, take... who are they crossing to, by the way? Right. He, hasn't, he hasn't got a twin brother, perhaps, that maybe he switched with after he left Chelsea to join us. I mean, it's maybe. incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it is, it's like I, I used to think when 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 Chelsea used to play us and he was playing, I was someone I'd always be concerned about um, in terms of what he do against us. He was that threatening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, we, we've seen none of that. You know, like you, I mean, being there yesterday, I also felt that the tide had turned a bit in the second half. We started they started off with um, w- looking more likely to score than they did. I think we had three or four shots on target. Nothing like amazing chances. The best chance actually fell in the whole game fell to Lacazette probably in the first half. But we definitely had the momentum and looked like we, you know, had a bit of a kick up the arse from Arteta at halftime and looked like something was changing. And then, and then that idiot Xhaka does what what he does, um, you know, too often. Um, he does it once a season. That, that you know, Pepe did it the week before, I think, in a bit more experience and that he was perhaps a bit more riled. Xhaka just did it because he's an idiot. Um, and um, and you know, I was there. I saw him do. It. I said to my son, I said, "That's it. It's off." I saw him grab. Yeah, it. I, I, yeah. it was. I said the same it, thing. It was it was and just we were, stupidity and you, and you you kind of the boring the stupid thing is you expect it from Jack you actually expect him to do that once or twice a season and maybe once he'll get away with it maybe once he 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 won't but this team is such is such a delicate state at the moment that you just can't afford to do that. And this is an experienced player, responsible player. And to me, you know, that's where I can't blame the players. I've got to blame the manager, the culture that he's creating, the, you know, you can't imagine a Liverpool player doing that or or a City player really doing that, that one moment of stupidity when your team is so delicately poised, you know, just above the relegation zone and relies on, you know, we're bad enough 11 against 11, don't make it 10 against 11. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And, and, and for him to play again for Arsenal to me I just wouldn't have can, it can, can I just say something about these it's, it's uh, I think the sixth red card isn't it Josh under Arteta which is an awful yeah. awful stat so that must also tell you something about something that's going on with, 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 with the team but what what I was really hoping for during the game I really was thinking in my head I really hope that Arteta doesn't have another excuse if we lose and 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 here we go again. So it's all about all about Shaka's um, red card, uh, and, and not about the fact that he set the team up wrong. That I mean, 
playing Lacazette as a number 10. What the hell is that all about? Absolutely useless. Um, So uh, ignoring what's really going on and and then focusing on Shaka's red card. Um, He shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't have played him anyway in that position. He should have obviously played Ceballos and one of them. At least Shaka and Ceballos would have, you would have had someone, you know, playing some four balls. But he's also so got, I, he's, I, he, I hate these excuses, yeah. is what I'm saying. I'm sick of them. He's also, I, Josh, got... Uh, sorry, he's also got some perfectly good players like Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who, you know, used to be quite regular in the first team. It always feels like a dream and can't get, can't get a start when we've got these morons playing terribly in, ahead of him. That kind of thing, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Like, how can he, how can he defend that? And he's asked about team selection, I noticed in the press conference. And he got, he gets, he's very defensive now. Like, you know, he is, he is a good communicator and I hailed him. I mean, I have to hold my head, hold my hand up and say, you know, I, I feel like I, I got it spectacularly wrong about him at the moment. I feel like, you know, I was so stupid to, because I think almost like his, his, his communication has 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 precipitously gone as downhill as his tactics and his team selection because he's now very irascible and kind of gets angry very quickly in, in post match interviews and really you have to maintain come some kind of dignity and take responsibility for your decisions and when he's asked about why are you picking these players you know why aren't you picking more players from the other I think your answers have to be slightly more convincing than they are Josh I'm not surprised to see him defend. The, the team protect the club talk about the opportunities they've made i i think the the comments that he he said were more about you know dominating the game you know certainly in that, in that but it didn't it didn't feel like that it, you know it, it didn't no. quite feel as dominating but i'm i can understand why he's leaping to the defense of a team he's had an excuse with with granite jacker he's you know, not pretending it's anything other than that word unacceptable again and actually said possibly even more unacceptable due to the situation for Xhaka to do what he's done than Pepe. Nick, you're well, hang, absolutely well, right. Well, hang on, in, in the last game it was party, you know, it was it was all his fault for not not coming off the pitch. Every game it's a, it's an excuse about well, someone or other. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that was an unfortunate situation. You're, you're right in what you say about discipline. We are six. Uh, red cards that it, under Arteta in that period, no other Premier League teams had more than three, oh, which, and which is a terrible. We were lucky really that Elneny wasn't sent off. We yeah, were that, was a definite, nine. that was a red card. That was a red card. Sadly. Which in this, card. in this Got age of VAR is, is even more extraordinary that if that is going to be picked up, that how can that be interpreted as anything yeah. other than a, than a hand to a face? But, but, but Boyd, you know, I, there, there isn't world-class talent sitting on our bench. There isn't world-class talent on the on the injury table. There's young. No, 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 no. I mean, there is, your, 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 there is young. There's young, enthusiastic running talent. I mean, okay. I don't Niles. think the results would be any better. Willock, but okay. No, I don't agree. I don't agree. You you cannot allow. You cannot have Shaka and William picked week in week out on this level of performance. There has to be a consequence. And I'm sorry, but Ainsley Maitland Niles and Joe Willock just direct. Just changing those two for, as, as examples, maybe Smith Rowe, who played really well in, in, on Thursday, you know, he played decently. Face, I'd you give those those players would give us more thrust and enthusiasm and commitment than Xhaka and William. And and, and, is- and, and, and and why was he picking William over Pepe when Pep before Pepe got sent off? That was week in week out as well. And yeah. it was like William is not giving us anything. His delivery from corners and free kicks is abominable. 
and yet he gets picked. That's that's those are the decisions I'm talking about, Graham. Yeah, I mean, I just think, I mean, the, the Europa League is interesting because it's meant to be a good sort of training ground, if you like, particularly at this stage, for us to give players a chance to have a look at them to see what they can do. And 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 if I'm Willock, I mean, I've you know, he's played brilliantly in those games. He's scoring, assisting in, in every game. I mean, what more has he got to do, really, to... Uh, than to, to get in the team. I mean, I'm not sh- really sure what he can do. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, too, is a, is a great player. He's played for England a couple of times. Um, you know, he's, he, he reluctantly gets brought on by by Arteta for us. I mean, I, it's rewarding the same sort of players over and over again for when they don't deserve to be rewarded and actually yeah. not rewarding the people who yeah. are playing their hearts out against whatever teams. And the opposition might be a bit crap sometimes, but, you know, they do a lot better than Williams would and, and, and the consistent players would do. And, and just going back to your first point about Arteta and stuff like that, like we all liked him when he came and he talks a brilliant game. It was a breath of fresh air, blah, 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 blah. But do you think with hindsight, it was a bit of that new manager bounce, that dreaded new manager bounce? And if we look yeah. back on it, yeah. that first few months was that golden period that a lot of managers have that get a reaction out of the players. All of a sudden, the players suddenly perked up. They got a new boss in town and they're, you know he gets a reaction, but then it just goes sort of back to the malaise that yeah. we've sort of witnessed for, for too long, really. To some extent, I think I think there was a new manager bounce, but I did think there was actual progress as well. I do think he, you know, I mean, let, we have to. I think, I, I, just to be fair, you know, he has had bad, some bad luck, right? You know, Party's injury has been a, a nightmare because Party w- was looking really, really good, a great signing for us, the kind of player we really needed. I mean, we needed OR as well. We needed that creative player as well, but we got Party. It was a good signing. You know, the, the club stumped up for him. Let's not forget, you know, a lot of people said that we, could never, we weren't going to pay that money for him, but we did. Um, Gabriel is a good signing. You know, he's been very good and solid. We, You know, at one point it was looking like we had a good spine to the team when Aubameyang was in form. You know, it's like, well, we've got a good, really good striker. We've got a really good midfielder. And we've got a really good central defender. Well, let's build on that. But it's the party injury... The sending off. So I'm not. I'm not saying it's not his, Arteta's fault. What I'm saying is I do think he actually instigated uh, a, a a structure of for the for the team, and he kind of abandoned it. I said this last week that three at the back system, which was serving us well, because I think he listened to criticism of him that we weren't creating enough. We actually created more with that setup than we are now. I think than we are now, or at least we weren't resorting constantly to these fucking crosses that hardly ever. Uh, give us a chance give us maybe three chances in a game so I think he's kind of I think he's lost it I think he can't see the wood for the trees he's forgotten the setup that got him a lot of acclaim and that got him you know that that got us looking more solid and more structured and now it's a complete and utter shambles and a disaster very much like for me like the Emery that Emery period when it declines very quickly it's even faster now this decline and that's what's really worrying. And that's why I go back to, can he, can he arrest it? You know, can he, when the players, when players like Xhaka are doing that, getting sent off like that, I don't know. I think it's indicative of an incredible lack of belief in what is happening at the club. I mean, I may be exaggerating, but I feel it's a really bad sign, all these sendings off and the lack of discipline and the idiotic and the kind of, I don't know. Can you blame the individual? Can you blame the individual? I'm just thinking some of these sending off. No, you you blame the manager for picking him. He picked him. Hang on. Eddie Nketiah. 
Right, do you remember that mad one? It, it was bizarre. What are you doing? We were talking about a Bamiang sliding in at someone at, at Crystal at Crystal. Palace. Sliding in is different, though, isn't it? A, sli- a sliding tackle. David Louise being like, you know, in a mess at yeah. Man City last man. The, the Jacques Louise and Pepe incidents were, are different. Grabbing people these by the head and neck are different. Yeah, but these two I, I, are I, total crap. I would argue this is all about having just having no purpose. I'm back to that word again. And there's so much to be frustrated about being an Arsenal fan. You know, I found it hard to sleep. Uh, after that game, I was just so aggravated. But you know, you look, you look. The, the owner is, you know, is never is not there. That's 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 just horrendous. So we've got no owner um, to watch the game. Then we've got um, in uh, in Vinay, our new CEO. Uh, he's, he's got no experience whatsoever. He's never run anything like that in his life. Then we've got Edu. Um, he's never done anything like this at this level. I mean, I think he was working at Corinthians. It's hardly the same as 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 being the director of football at Arsenal at that level. And now we've got um, a, a manager that's never coached before. Uh, and, and we've got Tottenham top of the league. I mean, the whole thing is just making me feel sick. And I can't see, a po- I can't see any positives. I, yesterday was, was the lowest point because I just so expected him to make some changes. I expected him to do something differently, yeah. which is where Graham started by saying, doing the same things, you know, and expecting a different outcome is insanity. Uh, that, that's sort of where we are right now, which is... I agree um, with that. Frustrating yeah. as yeah. hell. I mean, yesterday was like... An, uh, it was like a, a fever nightmare, wasn't it? It was like... If it, if it, if it was scripted by an evil genius to have Aubameyang scoring for them, yes. for, for Xhaka to have that sending off, for us then to have another potential sending off that was... it was That was almost as if the referee felt so sorry for us. He couldn't, he couldn't bear to reduce us to nine men because he just thought it was, he, it was almost like pity. It was such a pity decision, wasn't it? There's no other explanation for it because that was a fucking absolute cast iron red card offence. And, you know, we've been pitied by the referee. Um, afterwards, you know, there was that amazing revelation on Sky about Thierry Henry switching off when um, as soon as Xhaka appeared on the screen, which was amazing. Um, that, sh- that shows the level of respect there is in the game for Xhaka. I don't think Xhaka gets in any team not only in the Premier League, I don't think he gets in any team in the Championship. He is one of the, he's indicative, isn't he? He is like a symbol of our utter mediocrity. If like no one, how did all these managers pick him? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm but, but, but now can, but, 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 in the can circle I just say, of but, but what, what did El Nenny do yesterday that was that was better or worse? Than, because actually Shaka sure. hit two two fantastic balls over the top. One for, um, for Bamiang when he was through and instead of, Going forward, he went backwards again. It was an absolutely beautiful ball right in front of us, Graham. Do you remember? Uh, he hit two of those. What, what, what did El Nani do all night? What, what path did he? What forward path did he do all night? Yeah, I mean, he, I guess he's there. Not to, one. Can I just ask, Gra- like Graham, like in the stadium last night when that sending off happened? Did you? I don't know if you, either of you stayed to the very bitter end. How did you feel? Because I did see on Sky they showed some fans clapping, but it felt like there was some booing. But it's quite hard to get a grasp of what what was really in the stand? I, I did stay to the bitter end. I did see Nick um, leave with about three minutes to go. Um, so I, I did. And my son specifically asked, Dexter said specifically asked, just can we just see what the reaction is, Dad, at the end? And it was, I mean, I just didn't do anything. I was just like, 
I was speechless and soundless, I would say, in terms of what, and so was he. There were like a few boos coming out, but whether it was boos of frustration as opposed to, I don't think it was particularly booing any players. You know, a few players came over because obviously we were on the far side from the tunnel um, where all the fans were. A few players came over, like Holding came over. I think Oba sort of made a half-hearted effort. Lino, I think, that, uh, not not the whole, certainly not the whole team. And Bellerin, to be fair to him, actually because he'd been subbed he actually came he came the furthest over and you know in his in his with his tracksuit on or whatever okay but the players i don't know there's something for me there's something there's an undercurrent there's something going on there there's the rumors coming out today or yesterday about uh louise and not speaking to Arteta, which is quite a serious um, thing to happen if if one of your senior pros has got no working relationship um, with the manager. And I think Luis is very well respected and, and liked by the other players at the club. You've got, you know, people like uh, Ozil and, and Socrates, who it's, it, you know, in any other business, if you have people that you'd effectively got rid of, these guys would be on guard with you. They wouldn't even be coming in the office. You know, these people are, you know, you, you don't want those people about your office. If you You've made a decision that you're going to proceed without them in any company. Those people stay at home and do gardening leave for six months. They don't poison the atmosphere uh, mm. around the place and turn other people against you and, and seek to say why the manager's wrong for not picking me and why I'm belittling the manager. No doubt they'll be doing that because that's what employees do about their bosses. You know, they'll be saying, oh, the manager's shit because, you know, I should be playing. And, and, and that, you know, must perpetrate to the younger players. And that there's an atmosphere around the club because things haven't been dealt with definitively, which maybe goes back to Nick's point about having, you know, an inexperienced CEO, an inexperienced director of football. Those things are coming home to roost at the moment and things that would go on in any normal business that the way it's being run isn't being applied um, to football. And, and there, there's something odd. There's something weird about the club at the moment that is um, that is a whole atmosphere that I have never really expected or experienced before. Can I just say that if this was an Ancelotti, someone with experience, I don't believe that would be happening. Uh, we may not be you know, winning the league or anything like that under an experienced manager by that. But I think that's actually what's the undercurrent is literally nothing more than these professional footballers who all know what they're doing. Uh, I, I think are thinking like we are, which is this isn't working and he's not changing it. I think that's it. I think that's the undercurrent. I don't think it's any more than that. It's easy to think it's something else and it's this is going on underneath and China is the reason why but he didn't pick Ozil. He didn't pick Ozil. Because he, you know, he he doesn't work hard enough, which I think we all understand. But what the working hard stuff is is uh, means right now we are the bottom of the league of, of 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 chances created. Our top scorer isn't scoring goals. I mean, okay, apart from last night, um, and we're now sort of hovering just above the relegation zone. So that's why, for me, Josh, um, we can't carry on like this. We have to make a change. We need an experienced manager to come in and steady the ship and and take it from there. I don't think we can spend any more time um, with this experiment that sadly has failed. But, I mean, but failed in the most extraordinary way. Let's um, we'll pick up we'll pick up on this after after a quick break, and then we'll come back. And I, we'll have to talk about what the options are um, then uh, going forward. To use that horrendous phrase let's take a quick break if you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct 
something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back um, from the break. Nick was saying how, um, Josh, how, you know, we've got to get rid of him now, got rid of Arteta now, it's clearly not working. Um, Graham was saying that uh, there's something wrong. I, I agree with her that there's something wrong. The atmosphere is, feels... I mean, again, that's what I was alluding to when I was talking about that behaviour of Xhaka. Do you think, do you think the players sit there? I mean, for me... Some intro- I was thinking, talking about this to a friend um, today, an, an, a Liverpool sporting friend, um, and he was asking, you know, what 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 has gone wrong with Arsenal? It's, to, to outside fans, it feels absolutely this, this feels as extraordinary as I think it does to us because it feels like such a a, a, a fall. Because I think most outside fans, all the pundits were like, oh yeah, you know, some of them still saying Arteta's um, really good, and you know, they, they were very positive about him. So it does feel incredible that we're we're now in this absolute um, absolute terrible situation and um i was thinking about trying to explain it i was thinking right he brought in party the party situation is interesting right he brought in party and immediately came into the team and dropped jacker from from my memory and so we we went from and, and um and i think he played him with um, el Nenny, didn't he so he dropped jacker and sabios which was our chosen midfield in recent times it instantly got rid of them for when party arrived almost like so they know both of those players know now don't they they are not effectively first choice players right even jacko has been first choice going back to the going back to the wenger area so i think when you're talking about mental mental attitude he knows that now that if party was fit he would not be playing for us pretty much right so that's one thing and i think that indicates his unhappiness and secondly, surely the rest of the team also knows that. And it's like, why the fuck is he still picking? Why did they spend so much money on William week in, week out, when there are good young players? When you look at the, the, the spirit among the young players, I know they're only Europa League teams, but there's a spirit among that that B team, if you like, our young younger B team. They all seem to be kind of playing for each other and rooting for each other. They seem, all seem really thrilled like when each other scores, etc. Whereas in this, this bunch, I mean, we hardly ever score, so you don't even know. But there's such a difference, I think, in, um, in, in, the, team, in the team dynamic. And I thought that's what's really awful about Arteta not picking some of those players and putting I'm them f- in this team. And funnily enough, from a, with my with my PR hat on, from a PR point of view, if Arteta <laughs> had been playing these youngsters and playing Nelsons and playing, you know, Smith Rowe and Maitland Niles and, and those sorts of players, and we're still not getting the results, yeah. we'd be sticking up from a hell of exactly. a lot more exactly. than we would be with him just 100%. playing this a bit of dead wood exactly. over and over again. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, exactly. And that, but that but that PR point is really important because. Because actually, I think William, the signing of William and paying him these wages and watching him week in, week out 
is a real PR disaster. And I think but I think that why that matters is because that surely has an effect on the morale of fellow team players watching him being incredibly ineffective. Not only worse than effective, just actually downright unreliable. Um, and, you know, and I think that has to have an effect, doesn't it, Josh? And that's why we go circular, we, go, we circle back on what... Do you really think Arteta can solve this? Because clearly Nick and Graham, and I'm wavering. I have to, I'm absolutely wavering between thinking he can sort it out and thinking he can't sort it out. What do you, what's the evidence that he can sort it out? And what and what's he have and what's he gonna do? Like if if we do lose to Southampton and Everton, which is quite likely, it's gonna be some point, isn't there, where any club, even Arsenal, gets rid of the manager after that run of results. Yeah, I, I think we're about four or five games away from it. You know, if we are without a win in, in five games time, I think I think there is going to be very little um, they can do about it. You know, the, I think it was, um, you, you know, Nick maybe mentioning earlier about the an absent owner. They would probably argue they have invested in the summer. You know, there was huge excitement around Thomas Party. We go back six weeks and 10 of the 11 who played and started yesterday started at Old Trafford. And somehow, you know, Arteta got them playing in a, in a way that we can all be proud of and in a way that we won at Old Trafford for, the, what, the first time in, in 14 years. And it's only in six weeks In a system he's ago. subsequently changed, which he's then changed. Carry on, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, when it, when it hasn't been working, I, I, I don't know. Like, he, I, I, I want to believe that there is still something to, to come back um, from, from these players. I, I still don't think you can put everything he's down gone everything positive that he has done down to a fluke uh you know with the FA Cup you, you can those that want to will go moment of brilliance from Aubameyang in a semi-final brilliant performance in a in a final from our, our world-class player who's who's gone off the boil and is that all he's really done because in the league what do we do we sauntered was it eighth in the end and the, the league form didn't particularly pick up under Emery um I just, I just, I feel sorry for for Arteta. I think you know Tierney's comments after the game were along the lines of that the players are letting the manager down at the moment. And is this group of players playing up to their potential? Uh, you know, they're, they're miles off it. You know, we, we're not a top four side. We could sit here and go, which of our players would get in a top four team? It's not about that. It's which of our players should be getting in a top eight team? And then, and then you start having a conversation and go, there's enough players here um, sure. to do something. Sure. Josh, this 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 is um, extraordinary in a way. What what you're saying, I can't believe it. Um, we, we are at the very bottom of the league right now, and um, we are twentieth in chances created. This is a disaster for, for it is not a disaster like you know coronavirus, but for Arsenal Football Club. When we're talking about football, and that's what we're talking about now, this is the worst I've ever seen Arsenal play in, in my life, and I've been going since the late sixties. Yeah, um, I respect, I respect it, that. It, it's 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 just ter- last night was just terrible because as I said, forget all the talk and forget all the PR, forget all all of that stuff. Yesterday was a game of football. Um, he's been making the same mistake almost every game, and he played exactly the same, exactly the same thing: the backwards and sideways passing, not forward passing. Didn't play Sabias from the beginning. Played Lacazette as a deep lying centre forward, which hasn't worked before. Uh, and I hear well, it worked, know, it worked in it, one Europa game, didn't it? To be fair, Nick, it worked, it worked though. I, I, I watched that game, that's where he scored. I'm not sure it even worked night. in that game. 
I'm talking about last, last sure, night. I'm just, and, but I don't sure. think it worked in that Europa ma- game either. I watched him when uh, he played in that Europa game. I wanted it to work, but I thought, you know, I it's not his position. Decent. It's it's trying to adapt to playing in a in a position where you've got when you've got at least two players in that squad who are naturals in that position, Smith Rowe and Ozil, who's at home. Um, and I won't get into that debate because it's boring now and it's not going to happen. So it's pointless getting into debate. And, and Sabalios could easily fill in at that 10, probably in a much more um, creative way than I think um, Lacazette could. So even William, kept, William used to very often play in that. So actually he's got three or four other very good options ahead of trying to coach someone into a completely new position at the age of 28, 29 in his career when the guys and out and out you know centre forward striker likes holding the ball up playing with his back towards goal I mean for me you play him there you get over out on the left and and play someone who's actually got more experience and probably better in that position even if, even if William who I don't really like and isn't doing it is stinking the place out at the moment I still rather see him at number 10 than 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 lacquer but the point the bigger point isn't it Nick is that is that you're right? We, the, 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 we, we, the number of chances we're creating is astonishingly poor, and I don't think that is on the players. Like, I, well, all right, they're not performing. I mean, clearly, like Aubameyang, for example, has lost all confidence and is 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 it's excruciating. But on paper, we have got players who should be way, way better, creating oh, way more chances than we are. Correct. We've got a we're, good attacking lineup. I'm sorry, on paper, we have got paper. a good on paper, and that's yeah. what is really bewildering to me that Arteta can't get more out of these players and I that's the big question isn't it Josh and that's what Nick and Graham and I think I kind of I'm wavering towards this as well I think an an experienced manager could get better can I throw can I throw something in there just be off the fence um you know, I, I, I'm I'm just as passionate about Arsenal as, as as you are. Obviously, we're all very passionate. We just want to see our team win, uh, and, and we've all got our different views about players. But for me, off the fence, I would do everything to get Rogers. That's so I'm, I'm there. That's what I would like yeah, to see Arsenal do because yeah. he gets the most out of these players. I mean, you know, that Leicester team. You, you can't say they've got much much better football players than we do. You can't say that Lacazette isn't a great player and Shaka isn't a great player. These players play for their country. Um, it's about getting the most out of them all, isn't it? Um, and we're talking about the players. We should be talking, I think, sadly right now. But listen, it was an experiment. It was it was it was exciting when we brought Arteta in because we could understand what he was talking about after Emery took talking, you know, couldn't understand a word he was saying. So it was really yeah. exciting, but it just yeah. hasn't worked. And so we've yeah. got to wipe our mouth and go, look, it was sadly didn't work and let's just get on with it now and i tell you why because we've got a window coming up so we've got a chance to do something we've got a chance to actually bring some of those players back into the squad saliba let's see him look you know i'd, I'd want ozil back in the squad even with all the, the the lack of effort i'd want to see him in the squad at least um and uh, and, and we've got a chance to change it so if we've we got we've got We've got a big enough pot of players. I mean, we have got a exactly. massive pool of players, exactly. and we can't even we can't even fit them all in our in a, in our exactly. squads to, to to do the league. If you can't fathom a team, fathom a way of getting eleven players on a on a on a weekend to to come out of the probably 
one of the biggest squads in the Premier League, then that, that's the problem. And at the moment, is still mix, messing about with the same very, very small pot out of that to do it. But we've got a much, you know, much bigger squad. And, and, and that's why I think it's probably right. And I really, I'm like the last person that ever calls for someone's head. And I'm, I'm not that sort of person. And Wenger years, Emery is, I would never, I never cry for an Arsenal manager to, to, to be sacked. I hate, I hate the thought. I just, I, I, that's not what a fan does. But you've got to look objectively at what's happened. And, um, and the facts don't lie. And, and, you know, like we've touched on, the facts don't lie in terms of the, you know, the lowest, we've got the lowest chance of scoring out of any team. And we're actually not bad at conceding. We're, we're the, that's going up. That's going in the wrong direction in terms of we look more and more mm. like we're going to yeah. concede goals as yeah. well. Objectively speaking, the job that he's doing is is really poor. And if you saw a glimmer of hope, I wouldn't mind if, if these kids were doing it, but we said, well, just give the kids a bit more experience and you know what? They can get a result against it, but we're not even doing that. There, there isn't at the moment a glimmer of hope. I got, you know, we talk, we'll probably come on to talk a little bit about Southampton on Wednesday night. I mean, like, you know, they haven't won a, a, a Arsenal in God knows how many years. They're going to break their record at the moment on Wednesday. I can't see another result happening. I'd love to. I've never been on this show before and predicted anything other than an Arsenal victory with with a mixture of reality uh, and, and optimism. I, I re- Realistically speaking now, I can't see us beating Southampton on Wednesday night. It's a miracle. I don't know what's going to change. Just to go back to Nick's point about um, Brendan Rodgers, though, why would why, Brendan Rodgers... My question, I mean, I'd love him. I, I, I mean, if you said tomorrow, I mean, even though I am um, at the moment, I'm not, you know, I'm not Arteta Real. I'm not adopting a hashtag and I'm not, you know, fully, fully, I, I kind of, I'm kind of, you know, agreeing with you. I, w- I wouldn't put it this way. If they got rid of him tomorrow and brought Brendan Rodgers in, I would be thrilled. But why would Brendan Rodgers join us when Leicester are third in the league? He's got, you know, the highest scorer, you know, who never lets him down in the league. Why would he join our rabble? You know, why would he have to deal with Xhaka and, you know, and all these, these useless tossers? Because it's one of of the biggest jobs in the world, in world football. mm. It's the most incredible opportunity for him. He had the opportunity at Liverpool, didn't quite work out. Uh, I I follow Swansea, by the way, I won't bore you. And I I watched that Swansea team that he's managed and they were absolutely fantastic what he got out of those players and what he's getting out. Now, that's what we need. We need an experienced manager who gets the most yeah. out of the players that he's got. So for me, that's who okay. I go for. Graham, who would you think realistically we would go for? We could go for. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's it's who you know. We can pick any names out. Realistically, I, I don't disagree that I think Rogers is probably um, a good shout. Um, you know, to me, they're touting about Allegri, or he's touting about himself, Allegri a job to me that would be a, another risky one to take zero Premier League experience I'm not quite sure of his command of uh, English and I'm um, you know brilliant manager brilliant record before but that that would enter the risk I, I, I risk stakes I, I just don't think we can afford to take another risk Emery was risky for one, for that reason, Arteta was risky because he had no experience or is risky and is proving to um, to validate that. You know, uh, Rogers is 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 a much safer bet. The guy is successful. Um, you couldn't see us being in this dogfight that we're in at the moment or getting ourselves in at the moment. 
you could see him doing a good uh, good job at Arsenal. Is he a world-class manager? He's not far off, and maybe he could see Arsenal as the way to be considered a, a world-class manager. And, you know, Nick's, Nick's assessment of what he's done previously is, I, I think, valid. I just can't see why he'd do it. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. I also would be quite excited by it, but apart from yeah. up his wages by a couple of million quid over what he's getting paid at the moment, I mean, you know, Leicester ain't, ain't too bad a job. And your point about ownership, I know they had tragedy in terms of their ownership structure, but their family who owns Leicester are still massively connected in the club. Yeah, and yeah. I think he's very close to them and, and there's a yeah. very nice relationship that, that and it's a special yeah. club in that sense. I mean, it's, a, you know, it's an interesting point because I worry, my main worry about the, our ownership and our structure is, isn't, it's all, I mean, you, you've talked about how, um, inexperienced we have loads of inexperienced people which is obviously very true but the owners what really worries me about our owners is that it's such an unappetizing prospect for a new manager isn't it because it feels like you know someone like Rogers or think, think about like if we were Man United so right, Man United are, are kind of almost as mediocre as we are potentially but with them you think they could get rid of Ole Solskjaer tomorrow and probably get Pochettino because Pochettino knows they're going to invest they will give him money because they make so much money still you know but for for us, why would a manager for me like Pochettino would be the dream, right? Because um he's he's invested. He's spent much more money than Rogers on players, um Arteta. Yeah, yeah but what I'm I, saying I don't, is I don't I, follow I, I, that. Well, because I don't think I think I don't think it's guaranteed. I mean, it, put it this way: Tim um, from Arsenal Supporters Trust last week said we haven't got any money to spend in the transfer next transfer window at all. I think most. And that's why, most... Boyd. You, you've got to. I, I don't know if I'd pull the trigger right now because it's not a great situation. Whoever is walking into, it's a, it's a hor- horrible, horrible situation. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? If we are going to end up. I don't think I don't know if any of us really believe we could get dragged into a relegation race. I I, I don't. We are. We are. But hang we on. actually are. You think we might get relegated? I mean, we kind of are. Yeah. Yeah. No, hang yeah. on. Hang well, on. Forget I, it. A yes, relegation yes. race is not twelve games in. I refuse to allow that comment, Boyd. It's actually, not a okay. That, I agree with that. I agree with in. that. Do you know what? One of the only I, I, I also had found it, found it difficult to sleep last night, and in the end, one of the only so for your broken I, the, arm, Boyd. Well, that as well. That doesn't help. So I've got the broken arm giving me jip, and I've got the team Arsenal situation, this worst nightmare in, in of recent times. But what the only thing that gave me any any sense of hope is that we, is this whole disaster is early enough in the season right now to fix it, and it may well be that the fix is to get a new manager. My only worry is, and we I mean we always say this whenever it gets to this point. Well, I say always. We said it in the last with the last three managers when, when, we, when people started to feel it was time to change who do you get in who is going to and I know Arsenal is a huge job in world football but I think if you are a Rogers and you look at the situation you go well I've got this these owners who I got on really well with who invest in the team who and I've got this great squad that I've got third in the league and then I look at Arsenal and I'm like what are the Kronk is going to give me they have spent a lot you're right Nick we have spent a lot of money but to what effect and badly and you know without any sense of kind of like logic or you know throwing money at certain situations and well, you, you have to do with the 350k a week Ozil and the 250k a week William those situations what the fuck why would you bother with that when you've got a perfectly good you people Leicester fans love you the players love you it's like that you know it's like I, I, I and I think if we had owners more like even the Glazers at Manchester and certainly like the owners of those Liverpool who invest in their teams more rather than scrabble around trying to find money like us. I think it's unlikely. We, I, I feel I don't trust that our owners are going to get 
the kind of manager you're talking about, who's a, a, no, a total no risk that Graham's talking about, um, a total no risk manager. I feel it's so. I, I worry that they're gonna if we do get rid of Arteta, who the fuck are they gonna get in? I'd be, I'd love it if it was Rogers or Pochettino. Pochettino is like for me is like it would be absolutely. It's not incredible. gonna happen. Oh, that I know it's happen. not. I, it's a dream. I'm saying it's literally a dream. <laughs> Allegri, Allegri, you know, it's like Allegri's unproven in the Premier League, but he's got pretty damn experience in every other sense, isn't he? But it's a risk. He'd be a risk. It's, just, just on your rele- relegation. I mean, I, look, I, 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 we all, we all had a bad night's sleep. We should have all maybe done this podcast about three in the morning last night instead of, uh, instead of doing it now. If we all had such a bad <laughs> night's sleep last night, but I'm just looking on odds checker to see the odds, and and we're we're normally we're about with most bookies we're about thirty three to one to go down. So we're not really expected, wow. uh, according to the betting guys, we're not expected to be dragged into the, you know, into that, you know, Crystal Palace like seven, eight to one, just to put it into, into context, leads are about 12, 14 to one. So we're, we're, we're so unfancied to go down. So maybe we are being a bit overly Listen. paranoid and, 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 um, and a, you know, a kind of bit too uptight about it. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it is crap of late, and uh, we need to look ahead to the to the games against Southampton and Everton, and we could be feeling so so much worse or, or so so much better after after what happens in those couple of games. But we, we are not going down. I think it will be a horrendous job for anyone to walk into right now. Um, and you know, the league season sadly is already somewhat of a, a bit of a write off. And you know, if we are going to just find ourselves coming tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. Um, this season, then, um, then I think we might as well just, just. I, I would still give it a, a couple more games. I wouldn't be putting him um, quite yet. But look, in, if if in four or five games time, we've got a couple more points, then I, I think um, I think that probably will be the end of it. But Boyd, what do you think is going to happen in this game against Southampton? Oh God! Um, <laughs> what do I, I think Theo is going to score against us for a start. Um, he won't celebrate, uh, obviously. No, he won't celebrate. He's a very, he's a lovely young man, and he'll be, he'll be very in the non-celebratory uh, mode. Were, so, were fans due to? I, I didn't enter the ballot, but were yeah. fans in a ballot yeah. for this game, and now they yeah. can't go. Yeah, yeah, well, I got tickets yeah. for this game. Me, me, and Derma and Dan got tickets for this game. Oh, but now, yeah, but now we, now it's off. Now, now the ticket situation is off because we're in tier three, obviously. Um, I I'd just think, like to say, by the way, just just a yeah. small point that uh, credit yeah. to Arsenal. I thought they handled the situation. Brilliant. You know, very well yesterday, yeah. the whole organisation of it, the build up to it. Yeah. They called up to check that I'd filled in my test form because I didn't get it back on time. Even when you get to the ground and we walked through the turnstiles and they were there to clap you as you, as still you came doing through that. the terms. Yeah, they That's clapped good. you as you came through yeah. the turnstiles. It was, uh, you know, credit to Arsenal when they, they, they do it well. And, and obviously got the chance to to get acquainted with Gunnosaurus again, who was uh, back, uh, back being paid um, and in gainful employment again. Yeah. So I think Arsenal, yeah. you know, they, they did that bit well anyway yesterday. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I think, I, do you know what? I think because, but you know, I, I, the good, the only good thing about the sending off is we don't have to have Xhaka playing. I mean, that is a bonus, isn't it? I mean, it's not, yes. it's not, it's everyone, all Arsenal fans are saying that. Um, Pepe back, presumably, one fucking hopes. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Arteta, by the way, to pick William ahead of Pepe again on, on Wednesday. I really wouldn't. I mean, if he does, then I'm going to, then I'm going to, I am going to call for his head if he makes that decision. But assuming Pepe's back, assuming we get a better, we've got a better midfield without Xhaka, I think we could scramble a draw. I think we have to scramble a draw. So I would, I'm going to say we, it's going to be a one-all draw. What do you think, what do you think is going to happen, Nick? I'd just like to say, um, like Graham, that the clapping this in was lovely. 
And I think the club is is run beautifully. You know, it's like Marks and Spencer's. It's so well run. But that is not a problem with Arsenal Football Club as how, how it's run. The problem is is with with the coach or the manager. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and you know my you know my views. But I've I've, I've been on this podcast a few times. Uh, and I've always enjoyed it. And thank you very much for inviting me on. And every single time I've said we're going to win and I'm going to set it again, just so we don't get the five yes. in a row. And, it's in, and uh, so we're going to win that one, hopefully. But this doesn't mean that Score? it's... Scoreline? That, that that I'm going to go 2-1. Okay. Graham? Uh, Bamiyan, you know I'm, I'm, I'm with Nick. I've kind of never predicted a defeat um, on this podcast and I'm going to let my heart rule my head and I'm going to say 1-0 to the Arsenal. I thought you did predict a defeat about 10 minutes ago, but we'll, 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 we'll let you... <laughs> I know, but now you've asked me, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to... Yeah. yeah, fine. Um, Josh? Positive <laughs> thoughts, positive, positive. Yeah, 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 nice, nice. Josh? 1-0. One 1-0. All. One all. All. I think Same we'll, we'll get a draw. Um... And at least, at least that would stop the rot, and uh, hopefully yeah. they can deliver some kind of um, performance. And there. yeah, gives people a bit and we've of got spirit. Everton. Thank fuck, by the way, we're not playing at Sunday at seven fifteen again, which is has yeah. been uh, uh, horrendous. So we're playing Saturday, Everton. Um, uh, oh God, I don't know what's going to. I think we'll probably lose that one. I think we'll lose that one two one. Nick, I mean, I always predict, try and predict we're going to win, but I think I'm going to be realistic yeah, I, about that one. I, I could never bet against Arsenal. I could never ever say we're not going to win. So we're going to win that one too. Um, okay. I mean, obviously, people, obviously, it's going to be difficult, but I think we'll win it. Okay. Look, people will not believe they've listened to this podcast, Nick, and yeah, they'll you funny. predict six points out of six points. Because... I can't say, I can't say, I can never oh, okay. say we're not going to No, I like sticking win. to that principle. I can't. Yeah. All right, respectful. So what's, what's the score? How much are we going to win by? Nick. Six, seven, yeah, one nil, one nil. Graham, Everton, two two against Everton, two two, two two, and Josh. good game to watch. Nil yeah. nil to end. Nil nil, I like it. Like nil it. nil, yeah. Nil. It's kind of guarded optimism there. Kind <laughs> of over the next two games, that's going to be a, a rest of the decline with two fairly uh, dull draws. Anyway, it's been um, very interesting having Nick and Graham on. Thank you very much for your analysis. Thank you for going um, yesterday uh, among the 2000. You'll probably be the, f- the last people to see Arsenal play for a while, um, which is sad. And uh, Josh, thank you very much as ever. And um, we'll be back next week. Oh God, please let there be some, some positivity yeah. that we can cling to. <laughs> I really hope so. I, really yeah, hope I hope so. so too. Thanks for Thanks having us. Thanks very much. Yeah. Come on, you guys. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.